All right. Well, hey, welcome to episode nine of the YM United podcast. I've got Graham Bettencourt with me. Graham, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Can you believe we are on our ninth episode? I can. It feels like we just started this thing. Dude, we did. I, well, we kind of did. We started it, what, <laughs> how, how many months ago? Back in March? Uh, yeah, so not even, what, what like three four, months? Four yeah, months. yeah. Yeah, so uh, we started that back in March. Um, and, man, it's uh, it's been fun. Our 10th episode is going to launch the middle of July. That's crazy. We're going to have 10 Insane. episodes. I know. It's awesome. But, uh, anyway, we've got some exciting news to share. Graham, you know what this news is. Um, yes, I do. Yes. So uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share the news right now. We've got a recording we want you guys to listen to. Um, so let's uh, let's just take a listen um, to this news that uh, we're about to share to you. Hello and welcome <laughs> to a very special little moment here. Uh, we've been advertising this, kind of hinting at it on our various uh, social media things, but. We are launching a podcast network, namely the Youth Ministry Podcast Network. We have five podcasts that represent uh, a different facet of this network. So I'm going to welcome on uh, different show hosts uh, for the different podcasts that are going to be in this network. And I'm going to ask them a few questions and then we're going to move on to the next person. I am joined by Justin Herman, who is the host of the Controlled Chaos Podcast and also a member of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network. Justin, what is real? What's up, guys? I am so pumped that this network is happening. This is a long time coming. Finally, it's here. Big deal. Youth Ministry Podcast Network, really excited. So tell me, Justin, let me let me know a little bit about the Controlled Chaos Podcast. If, you, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know about this podcast, um, tell us a little bit about why this podcast exists and, uh, and why you're passionate about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a Controlled Chaos Podcast, junior high ministry podcast for youth workers, but we cover a whole lot of other stuff, leadership, culture, a um, whole bunch of different things. And it started, my wife suggested I start this podcast. And I started in my living room and it has grown to, uh, I do every episode with Kurt Johnston now, who's my mentor at Saddleback Church. Uh, We've got on some amazing guests that totally blow my mind. And and it's just fun. I think I'd do it if I had 10 people listening or 10,000 people listening, which I don't, but I would do it no matter what. Uh, Because it's fun. I like doing, I like talking about junior high ministry. I like talking about youth ministry and uh, I don't see any end in sight. Very, very cool. Why are you excited about this network starting? I I think that we're, you know, it's the cliche, right? We're better together than apart. Um, But I think there's a lot of really good voices. You know, you, Matt, Michael, um, uh, Joe, I think there's just really good voices out there in youth ministry that not everyone gets exposed to. And we have the opportunity to expose uh, everybody to each other and to keep the analogy going probably farther than it needs to, the yeah. more I can expose myself and help you guys mm-hmm. expose yourselves to yeah. others. Uh, I think the better youth ministry it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you did a little bit too much of that exposing yourself. It, um, it went, it went a little too long. It, I could have stopped at any time and I didn't, and I should have. I'm, I'm excited to be in a network with Justin Herman and the Controlled Chaos podcast. Um, I, I'm more excited that uh, maybe at some point because of this network, I'll get to talk to 
uh, Kurt Johnston, but you know, Justin's great too. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's, uh, let's talk here, uh, to Matt. Matt is the host or one of the hosts for a upstart uh, podcast called Youth Ministry United. Tell me a little bit about what Youth Ministry United is, Matt. Yeah. So Youth Ministry United, it was kind of, I'll, I'll be honest, it was on my mind for a while. And uh, I started the podcast network back in uh, February. Um, and then we officially launched in March. But uh, the whole vision kind of behind it is to be a united team of uh, youth pastors, youth workers that come alongside as hosts and co-hosts. I don't want to be the sole voice of this podcast. Um, so just just that whole united aspect and uh, team aspect is what we kind of wanted to uh, bring along. What is your background in uh, in youth ministry? Uh, why, why do you care about Why did you start a youth ministry podcast? So my background in ministry for the last two years, I've been part of a small church plant of about uh, 50 people or so. And I've had the experience within the last year and a half, two years of running a ministry on no budget. So running a ministry on no budget is completely different than having uh, a budget of resources that you're uh, exposed to. So, um, so just, just that whole mentality of, uh, of low budget youth ministry. Um, we kind of want to bring that small church context into the field as well. Why are you excited about being a part of this network, Matt? Like Justin said, we're better in like, we're better together. So, um, just having that whole team mentality behind this whole podcast network, I think is, uh, is what excites us. Moving on to Joe, and Joe is the uh, the podcast host of Multi Multi. Joe, why does Multi Multi exist? Myself, along with EJ Swanson and Kim Schuler, launched the Multi Multi podcast back in June of 2018. After looking out at the landscape of what was available for youth and student ministry, whether it be blogs or books or podcasts. And seeing that there was pretty much absolutely nothing out there for those who do multi-site student ministry. Between the three of us, we have a combined uh, 25 plus years of doing multi-site student ministry. We all are part of the Woodside Bible Church family up in Michigan, who currently has 14 campuses. And so out of our years of doing multi-site from the, the, the great wins to the mistakes that we've made, uh, we decided to launch this podcast as we look to hopefully equip and encourage and empower those, whether they are the lead person at a campus, a part of a merger, a plant. Because one of the beautiful things about the church that God has allowed us to be a part of is we've got campuses that are everything from small rural churches to large suburban churches to those who are meeting in schools and everything in between. Awesome. And why are you excited about being part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network? One of the things that has been such a joy for us in launching Multi Multi are the conversations that have arisen with others doing student ministry, youth ministry, whether multi-site or not, across this nation, across this world, as we look to, to grow and be better stewards and better leaders of that which God has led us to and blessed us to be a part of in leading this generation. And so we are excited to be a part of this podcast network 
This team is incredible. I love and appreciate the hearts of all of those uh, who are looking to do the same thing, equip, encourage, and to learn themselves as they look to lead well. I love it. We are now moving on to uh, Mike. Mike is the podcast host of Why We Stayed. Uh, what is Why We Stayed about, Mike? So I've been in youth ministry for the past 10 years of my life, and I love the church. I believe in young people, but I also have seen a staggering statistic that has taken place that uh, Barna Research Group would say that nine out of 10 young people will leave the faith by the time they're 25. What that means is 90% of people that have grown up in church, that have grown up in faith, 90% of them by the time they're 25 will be absolutely gone. Some will even renounce their faith altogether. And so statistics are one thing, but I started this podcast while we stayed because I was like, you know, that may be true that nine out of 10 are leaving, but what about the one out of 10 that are staying? Rather than focusing on the nine that leave, what if we started asking the question, man, what is making that one stay? And so every single week we interview young people from all over the country that have chosen to stay. Uh, What excites you most about being part of this network? I'm so honored to be a part of the Youth Ministry Network. And man, we are just getting started. So check us out, why we stayed. Follow us on Instagram. It's gonna be a fun ride and we're just getting started. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. I love you, dude. Buffalo guys. Well, hey, TJ, you need to answer these questions too, man. So tell us about your podcast. What is the Fringe Youth Worker Podcast all about? The Fringe Youth Worker Podcast is really an outgrowth of a friendship that uh, me and my, uh, my best friend, Sonny, uh, have uh, have kind of fostered over the last decade. Um, Sonny was one of my volunteers. He was like my super volunteer when I was at a church down in Oregon. And, uh, and he was on the other side of youth ministry. He was in more of a secular format. He's a juvenile drug and alcohol counselor. And so he took his position and his volunteer position and he stole our methods. He took all of our youth ministry methods and he applied them to the drug and alcohol uh, world for, for, for youth. And he, and he made himself a name doing those things. And uh, he started killing it and like became like this, you know, you, everybody, in, everybody in Salem, Oregon knew who Sonny was because he was just killing it on this front. We ended up doing a couple camps together and, uh, and just really did some awesome things. And so we kind of found that uh, youth workers, both inside the church and outside the church, share a similar heart. And so for us, we've both had a, just a passion for reaching students uh, on the fringes of society. And so our podcast kind of outreaches to uh, the fringe, the fringe students and Sonny and I consider ourselves to be uh, sort of fringe youth workers. So, um, and so the fringe youth worker podcast can sort of exist in that place. I love that. And why are you excited to be in the network? Ah, man, I just, I think that anytime you can clan up with like-minded folks to produce quality prod products in order to bless other youth pastors, I love the idea that we have all these different podcasts that can reach all these different types of youth workers and, uh, and, and we can just beam these out to people and, and we can, you know, uh, we can promote each other along the way. Um, I love the idea that um, we have five podcasts in this network and we have five working days. And so the, the fact that if somebody tunes into our podcast network, not just our podcast, they're going to get five days of quality content um, beaming into their ears at any given point. So that is what I'm excited about. I'm excited to, uh, like I said, I'd like to meet 
uh, Kurt Johnston at some point. So, uh, you know, Justin keeps waving that carrot around. And so I decided to be in a podcast network with him. So maybe someday I'll meet him and I can hug him for, you know, an extended period of time. Well, I can make that happen. I guarantee you, you'll have that opportunity. I promise. Thank you guys for tuning in to the very first conversation of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network. Uh, we're going to hopefully do more of these as time goes on. Uh, our launch date is the first week of July. Uh, uh, we'd love it if you went and checked out these other shows that are on our network. We, we, we uh, guarantee that you will not be disappointed. And if you are disappointed, then um, that's on you. That's not on us. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Awesome. So we are now a part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network. Graham, how exciting is that? Man, I'm excited. I just feel like it quadruples the amount of uh, information and effectiveness and all that good stuff for you guys, for the listeners to have access to. So I'm excited about it. Right. And like I said in our portion of the recording, uh, it kind of fits with our podcast name like the youth ministry united podcast brand so to speak and being united as youth workers like we are better together and for us to unite together with these other podcasts uh to create this podcast network i think is a is a really big deal we're going to be able to bring some good content to people and uh uh, looking forward to seeing uh, where this takes us so let's hop in to episode nine now um graham you had talked to me about this episode a while back um, why don't you go ahead and just intro what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, one of the things that I think in any organization are key is clear expectations. Um, you know, a clear idea of what a win is, especially if we're serving or working, you know, under a boss or a leader or whatever that have you. Um, and for youth ministry, I think it's no different. Um, and I know that I'm friends with a lot of people in youth ministry and I'm in youth ministry and you know, one of the things that I found to be a disconnect is the expectations and the idea of what a win is from a senior leader down. So I thought it would be a great idea for us to get a couple of senior leaders uh, from different walks of life, different, uh, you know, journeys to this point that could help give us some expectations or their idea of the importance of youth ministry. Uh, that would either A, help us start that conversation with our own senior leaders, or B, give us some encouragement as youth leaders uh, to what a win is that, you know, maybe we could have that connection and help the vision as a whole move forward as we do what God has called us to do in the youth ministries we're a part of. So I'm really excited about it for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, hear the conversations uh, that we have with these senior leaders. Um, I had the opportunity to interview. Um, one of the co-senior pastors at uh, North Star Church in Loveland, Ohio. His name is David Smith. And what I love about his perspective, which you'll get to hear here in uh, just a second, um, what I love about his perspective is the fact that his youth pastor has been on staff with them for 15 years. So his his uh, his expectations may be a little different uh, than what other senior pastors' expectations might be. His, uh, his viewpoint might be a little bit different, uh, but... But it's really awesome stuff. So let's uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, my interview with David Smith. So I've got David Smith here from North Star Church in Loveland, Ohio. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah. So uh, what we've been doing with all of our guests on our podcasts is uh, starting with sort of an icebreaker, so to speak, uh, interesting fact about themselves, embarrassing moment, fun game that they played on stage. Um, so before we jump into things here, uh, would you share with us your most embarrassing moment from stage? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's embarrassing as it is kind of cringeworthy. I was, I believe the associate or executive pastor at the time, one of those, one of those roles, I didn't speak all the time. And so I was pretty excited. It was probably 12, 13 years ago. And my wife and I had been living in the Goshen area right outside of Loveland for maybe four or five years. So I felt like a veteran. So I could say anything I wanted about our community. And so I did a demonstration up on stage about wearing a fanny pack. And I brought a fanny pack on and I put it on and everybody kind of laughed, obviously not in style. Maybe it's back though. I don't know, but it, it wasn't back then. And so anyway, it really was just a fun moment. Everybody was laughing. I probably felt pretty big of myself for making everybody laugh. And then afterwards, a lady um, came up to me. I won't describe kind of her look or anything, but it it seemed like somebody that would be mad about a fanny pack joke. And she just got in my face and never came back, said, you know, I was the reason why uh, the church was spiraling down the drain and just trying to entertain. And I kept trying to tell her, no, I live in Goshen, almost like I'm allowed to do this. I paid my dues. Uh, she didn't believe it. it's not really embarrassing, but pretty painful. Yeah. Sounds like it. My goodness. Um, how did you recover from that? Uh, a lot of crying. Uh, <laughs> I had to walk home from Loveland to Goshen. They didn't let me in for a while, but you know what? It's funny though. I really did at that point, especially as over the years began speaking more and more thought about, you know, those feedback moments are bad and actually think about it and go, you need to, if you can be a little sensitive to some of the things we're talking about, there may be one or two people you can spare uh, from some pain and sometimes you can't. So, so anyway, it just got me to pause and think twice about some of the joking around I do right. on stage. So it wasn't all bad. Right. There we go. So uh, let's hop in here. Um, we had been talking about doing this episode for a little bit um, about talking to lead pastors of churches and talking to them about what their kind of feedback would be about student pastors. Um, so when you're thinking about a student pastor, um, describe kind of the ideal student pastor. Is there an ideal student pastor? Um, what kind of personality might they have or what kind of traits or characteristics would you look for? Yeah, I'd say the very first thing I need to mention is I have a very unique perspective. So we've had the same student pastor for 15 years. He's done an amazing job, stepped in, I think, when he was 22 and has really led both our junior high and senior high well. And so one of the things I've learned working with him is uh, if you can find somebody that's not using it as a stepping stone position, that really you can see wired in their DNA, I'm called to lead and love students. That's one of the first things I would look for. I have seen so many different churches with great, great student ministries. They gain momentum and it's the turnover of that position that seems to be one of the biggest speed bumps. It's, it's the Achilles heel of student ministry, you know? And so uh, for me, the first thing is just trying to figure out their heart. Where, where are they really at? I know it sounds cliche, but if this is just going to be a stepping stone position, that's fine. Let's get that out in the open. But boy, if it's not, um, they may lack some of the charisma. They may lack some of the uh, basic skills you need from the onset. But if you've got that piece, we know we've got time to work on it and develop it. So 
that's not necessarily a skill set, but it's a hard position I think I'd probably look for first. Right. So it's interesting you mentioned the whole stepping stone uh, position there because um, that's one of the things that we wanted to touch on. Um, so a lot of listings for student pastor jobs talk about uh, the person needs to have be called to student ministry and not have it be a stepping stone position. Um, and I think from what I've read, uh, the average tenure of a youth pastor now is about six months. See, um, that's why we need to build a statue of our student pastor outside of the building. <laughs> like I've recognized he's accomplished something great. Right. So, you know, th- that might be like great in theory, the whole stepping stone, like um, kind of aspect of it. Um, should we want people to grow? Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's, you know, when you think about growth, what I love um, about about our guy, Brian Rogers, is that he has done a lot of impacting the rest of the church. And so what's great is sometimes we look at, okay, so we're going in this direction. And then you kind of have the student pastor at the bottom of the back of the line, you know, falling up the rest of the gang. And what I love is, you know, we ask him all the time. I ask Brian all the time, like, what do you want to be doing in five years? What's your goals? And of course, he's really content with what he's doing. And I think one of the reasons why is because he recognizes that everything he's learning and experimenting, that's a big thing. Like have a student leader who is very experimental because they may tap into something that the rest of the church body needs to hear. Now, I know this is more of a lesson for a lead pastor to be able to go, all right, I'm going to turn my ear a little more to my student guy because um, he may be learning things that the rest of us are not. So I think for Brian, what works well in our environment is that he doesn't feel there's necessarily a ceiling. And uh, because he has an ability to take what he's learning and share it with the rest of the staff, uh, I hope that he feels like, boy, my sandbox is much bigger. And um, But I get it. Like If you feel like there's a ceiling, then of course the stepping stone would be a natural progression. So it's, uh, yeah. So you don't want it to be a stepping stone position, but at the same point, as a leader, it's your job to make sure that ceiling continues to rise or they're going to leave. That makes that would make sense. Right. Um, so when you're talking about the whole experimental aspect and the, like, I guess the innovative uh, part of uh, your student pastor, um, I, with innovation comes failure. And I think a lot of um, student pastors kind of get stuck in this mindset of, I, I can't try something new. What if, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. So um, are you okay with failure as Oh yeah. Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the joke of the fanny pack, you know, maybe we can just carry that through the whole, (laughs) the whole podcast, but you know, it's as long as we're willing to learn, Oh, then we have to be making mistakes. And so, but again, that's our culture. That's what we have fostered here. So um, with Brian and our student ministry and our leaders and our our volunteers, it's perfectly um, not only okay to fail, it's an expectation that you will. It's an expectation that you're pushing the boundaries every year, every month, every week. Uh, around here, we say, you know, we want to be the deepest well we can be. And so some of the risks that Brian's taking is like, all right, we're going to treat these students like adults, which is, by the way, another great thing to look for. Do you have a student pastor that can treat even a fifth grader? And when I say adult, I think you guys know what I mean by that. The idea that you're willing to challenge them to grow um, because they're able to understand and embrace things. And you still have pizza, you still have fun, you still have the games and all that. So he's taking some risks with that. Like tonight's going to be a night where we sit in silence, a night where we pray for one another. And as he has failed along the way with that, which I don't even know what those failures are, but I imagine 
He learns, he adapts, and now we have a student culture that I think really is a deep well. Um, so, and then kids bring uh, topics that are tricky and difficult, and some of our volunteer leaders don't handle it super well. And we go back and say, well, hey, you know what? We took a risk with that leader. That's okay. Now we know a little bit more what we're looking for next time when we put people in position. But yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be long gone from my role if we didn't embrace risk and failure. So, right. so yeah. Kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of shifting a little bit, um, when you're thinking about uh, a student pastor, what what would be your top two or three, I guess, wins, so to speak, for, for your student pastor? Yeah, to me, it would be, and this is so unexciting, I totally get it, but it would be that they are a top-tier recruiter that I would love to see a student pastor actually find themselves, um, this is going to bore everyone to death, but like in more of a managerial role. And what I really mean by that is more of an apostolic role. You're managing the vision and then you've got people in place. And so if you're able to work yourself out of a job, that's when it's time to give you a raise. You know, a lot of people think I've worked myself out of a job. I'm not that valuable anymore. They're probably going to cut my salary. And the way we've always seen it here is now that's it's time to give you a raise. And so um, that would be a huge success to be able to step. And it's hard because a lot of student pastors are wired with a very strong charismatic gifting. You want to get your hands dirty, get in there with the kids, but at some point you need an army doing that with you. Not that you don't get in the trenches, not that you're not there discipling as well one-on-one with the kids. Um, but you're doing that, which on the flip side, another thing would be is, are you a discipler? And so do your leaders not only see you discipling kids, because you're still going to have, you know, some of the kids you're connecting with, but do those leaders recognize like, you know, the programs can crash, the events and all those things can be messy, but is my pastor loving me well? And if they can do that, um, That'd be great because that's a problem with any pastor is some of us were too programmatic and we don't do well with people. And some of us were really good with people. We're good with the pastoral care. We can sit down, we can shoot the breeze, but we really lack vision to see, okay, where God is directing us next. And so if there can be a balance, boy, that is a very lethal student pastor. Right. And the whole, the whole recruitment idea, I know a lot of you, student pastors aren't really on board with. They don't yeah. love doing it. Yeah. Uh, definitely something important to do. We did a whole episode on that. Um, if you're listening, go back and listen to episode two. Uh, we did an episode uh, on recruiting volunteers, a whole episode devoted to that with uh, Justin Herman of the Controlled Chaos podcast. So um, definitely a big a big thing that student pastors should be doing constantly, mm-hmm. I believe, throughout the whole course of a school year. Um, so what, what would be some of your kind of expectations uh, of, of your student mm-hmm. pastor? Um, number one expectation would be, gosh, I just, I would hope openness, no matter what's going on. Obviously student ministry, uh, you're dealing with some things that can be way more complicated than anything you're dealing with, with the adults, because the adults typically won't tell you, you got to pry it out of them, but kids. And so my hope would be that there would just be a real open and transparency that, um, as I'm connecting with Brian, that I would never, ever have to question what's going on. Again, if the end of the school year event crashes and burns, 
that's okay. Hey, are we going to talk about it though? Are we going to have, and that's why he's been so great for 15 years. He's one of the most transparent human beings. And so again, I know it's not some, uh, you know, great quippy answer, but to me, it's like, there's gotta be trust. There's gotta be a transparency. And so that's on both of us. That's for me to say, experiment, risk, fail. It's okay. But the same point for him to be able to come over or her, whoever you're your leader is and say, Hey, I just, you know, I missed the mark here. And so it's just the first thing that pops in my mind. I just, you know, we've been going on for 17 years and had staff, uh, largely the same crew since we launched. And I just can't fathom what it would be like if there wasn't that openness and that transparency. And yes, you need a pipe piper. You need somebody who can communicate, somebody who can gather and rally the kids. But even if you're really good at that, but there's things that are being stashed in the corner, things that aren't being brought to light, things that um, we're just worried are too bad to be brought up. It's eventually it crumbles anybody. So, right. Yeah, that's awesome. So lastly, um, I guess for any student pastor that's listening to this or whether it be a student pastor that's in between, positions, uh, transitioning into another position, uh, what kind of advice kind of would you give to uh, a student pastor kind of in a role already or um, kind of on the other side, the flip side, someone that's transitioning between roles? Yeah. So somebody who is looking to potentially do something else would be the thought. Yeah. I would say um, the, the big thing is start leading with the authority you want to eventually be leading with. I don't know how else to say that. Like, so with a student pastor, if you have a desire to be an associate pastor, a lead pastor, um, obviously not at the expense of the student ministry, but how can you start leading that way right now? How can you start writing your messages and speaking in a way like a lead pastor speaks? If a lead pastor has three roles in my mind is you've got your senior staff leadership you're working with, you're communicating vision and obviously you're delivering quite a few messages. And so if there's one of those that you feel like I'm just not that strong with, um, how do you start bringing other people in that have made that transition? How do you start just being open? And I hope you can be, if you're listening to this, you don't feel that safety to have this conversation. You know, that's a talk for another time, but hopefully you have the openness to go to the people you're reporting to, you're working with and say, Hey, this is just my dream. And then, I mean, prayer, fasting, and saying, Lord, confirm this. And then what you do, you start leading um, in that type of way. And then you just start letting people know, this is what I think God's calling me to do. Sounds very elementary, but I'm not sure what else you would do before those type of things. Right. Awesome. So I have no doubt that this is going to be encouraging to any youth worker that's listening to this right now. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Awesome. Well, David, uh, we, we really appreciated you being on. I know you're going to be taking a listen to this at some point. Uh, we really appreciate your, your willingness to just come on and talk about this. Uh, the ex- your expectations or your defining of wins for your youth ministry or your youth pastor. Um, so, Graham, you had the opportunity to interview a senior leader as well. Yes, I did. Uh I got to interview a mentor uh, and a friend and uh, was a pastor in my life at a young age. And uh, his name is John DeQuatro. 
he comes from a, a completely different perspective in that he was never a youth pastor before he became a senior leader. He uh, was saved and jumped into a worship uh, team ministry and, and did that for a long time, served uh, in children's ministry at a previous church, uh, made his way down from Pennsylvania to Mobile, Alabama, and uh, did worship pastor and then slowly but surely, and you'll hear him talk about it, uh, begin to see the giftings and the calling to become a senior leader on his life. And so I picked him because his approach uh, is is that he was, as a children's pastor, underneath the expectations of a senior leader. So I knew he could relate. Uh, and so I thought he would have a good perspective. So without further uh, ado, I would love to introduce to you guys, Pastor John DeQuatro from the City Church of Mobile. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks, Graham. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, today, we get to explore a topic that I think all youth workers at least visit at least once or twice, um, and that is the expectations from their senior leaders. Um, as youth, you know, as youth workers, we want to know what a win is, not only for our students, but for our senior leaders. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But to start, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Where do you live? Um, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, I'm here in Alabama with you right now, but I'm a, um, I'm a Northeast boy, Pennsylvania, New York. Um, been in ministry about 19 years, started off in worship and in children's ministry and, um, got married about a month before I started in ministry. So my whole married life has been, uh, in ministry. So yeah, I'm pushing 20 years of marriage this nice. year. Got three teenagers. Just pray, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so I came down here in 2010 um, to come and be the worship and media pastor uh, here at the City Church, and did that for six years, and then um, became the lead pastor about three years ago. So awesome. um, it's been a it's been a journey. I never had to think about youth ministry before. And all of a sudden, now I'm having to think about it. So, <laughs> so you have a unique perspective. So that, and that's kind of why I picked you, because you come from a, a perspective that's a little bit that kind of faced this issue, but also that you weren't a youth pastor. So you have a, a completely outside uh, perspective on what a win is and Truly. kind of all that. Um, but let's talk about that. So because when we met is when you moved from Pennsylvania to here. Uh, and I was just a lowly intern. I don't even know if I was an intern at the time. I may have been in high school. So tell, tell us about that. Tell us about your first encounter. All right. Um, so our first encounter, if, if I guess you're remembering it a little differently than me, was when I came down to interview for the first time. And I did a, uh, I did a worship set, right? So we had kind of met a little bit you were you were playing on the team I think and and you know we practiced that Thursday or that uh, Saturday and then so Sunday was uh, a big event after church there was like a big Easter event or something that you guys were doing and so I was coming off the field and walking across the parking lot and all of a sudden I hear these footsteps behind me and this guy jumps on my back this little like 16 year old punk jumps on my back and uh we were we were uh, thick as thieves ever since, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's how I roll. Um, there's no bubble, <laughs> no bubble, no. no no recognition of personal space whatsoever. But um, but yeah, we've been uh, friends ever since. It's been awesome. I had to see if you could handle the weight of carrying me around because yeah. basically that's what you were getting by coming to Mobile. <laughs> you were like a twig then. You probably was. weighed about 100 pounds. Something like that. Soaking wet, yeah. So now you're all swole. You got these big old guns. Yeah, you're... you're it's the shirt. It's now. a schmedium. 
<laughs> it's a schmedium. If you guys could see, it is. Um, but no, uh, that's awesome. Uh, and I think you know, I, I like to share that because you know our relationship started then. Uh, so I've got to see you in a ministry role that had expectations on you. Uh, and also, obviously, knowing your story. That's why I wanted to get you on the podcast, and I'm super excited you're here. I think what we give the guys today is going to, I mean, I think it's going to give so much value to them and at least give them the ability to have this conversation with their senior leader as well. Um, For sure. But without further ado, let's jump right in because I know they want to get to the content. Um, So not coming from youth ministry. Obviously, I think you came from a children's pastor um, role pre-worship. Um, well, right? simultaneous. I did them both at the same oh, wow. time. Okay, yeah. so dual role. Yeah. Uh, obviously, underneath the senior pastor at the church you were at, um, you know, so you, you know, you had requirements and expectations and things that were on you, um, and coming from that perspective, but not being in youth ministry per se. What is your, uh, you know, what does youth ministry mean to you, and why is it important that we have this role in the church? Um, what do you think uh, the role plays? Like, what do you think it's big important? Bushes. Well, you know, I used to be a teenager. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, going through those years, when I look back and all of the dumb stuff that I did and all of the, the ways that I lived, there were some things that I was um, searching for, you know, identity, right? significance, right? trying to um, handle the the urges, you know, <laughs> that are happening in a growing uh growing person and and uh and I think that youth ministry provides a really great uh opportunity for us to come alongside of teens students while they're going through these major life um searches really I mean they're looking for who, who am I in this world how do I fit into this world and to come alongside of them and, and really answer those questions right you know give them the God perspective give them their help them see their identity in Christ first right Right. And then everything else, you know, whether it's athletics or academic, you know, academia or whatever it is that they go to music, whatever, that that becomes a secondary. But their first identity is in Christ. And I think when we come alongside of of students at this age, um, well, you think about it, you know, a a student, say, 15, 16 years old. Right. They're just now starting to, like, wake up to all the stuff that's going on in the world. They're starting to hear like. Like right now, we're, we're, we're coming into another election cycle, right? Right. So the, the kids in our uh, our youth ministry, are they're, they're hearing more stuff. They're listening more. They're hearing more talk about it. They're getting interested right. in, in all this stuff. And so we come alongside, and we help paint their worldview, right? We're helping to give them the God worldview. Right. And so when I think about, even though I strayed from the Lord for a number of years, um, my, my worldview never changed. Right. I still had a godly thought process, but that came through the— First, you know, 13, 14, 15 years of growing up in that environment, having a youth um, pastor and, right. and having someone that was walking me through these things. Yeah, I, I did my own thing for a little while, but it, the, the important thing was the worldview that I was given, and it right. was a godly worldview. So I think really that's kind of at the heart of youth ministry and right. what, what you're doing. You know? Right. I agree. Um, you said, um, you know, I think, and this is where I'm, I feel like you're going is, uh, one of the important things we're doing, and maybe you can elaborate on it, is uh, we may or may not see what we're planting come to fruition yet, but we're planting so that as they grow as a whole, we're uh, hopefully going to produce a fruit as they get older that impacts us overall. Is that kind of where you're going, or uh, is it about the seed, or you know, um, what what do you think the the role of youth ministry is, is playing right now as far as the church goes? 
Yeah, I mean, it's so much bigger than pizza parties and having fun and doing, you know. Although those are awesome. They're fun. You know, you right. got to have that kind of stuff. But, yeah, man, it's 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 the seed. It's the seed. And, and you know, you know, the word says that some are going to plant the seed, some are going to sow it, right? Some are going to water it, and some are going to reap it. Right. And, um, and we're... We're sowing, we're sowing seeds, and and you know when they leave, go off to college or start their own families. Uh, we're we're praying and believing that those seeds are going to continue to grow, and whether or not they serve the Lord at the church that, you know, where right. they were in youth ministry, or they they move on somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, what you're trying to do is build the kingdom, right? You're investing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, so it's funny you mentioned in your intro that you have teenagers, and we should pray for you. Um, because and I think all youth workers will pray for you because <laughs> we understand because um, we have to we deal with them outside of the parents so they're a little different with us but uh, we understand uh, and also we have to send them home to you guys so you deal with what we've given them as well so on that note obviously youth ministry means a lot to you because as a dad you know yes you're the pastor of your home but there's some stuff that you you'll say that maybe they won't grab onto. Uh, that if somebody else says a youth leader, a youth worker, a youth pastor that speaks into their life, they may grab it from them just because it's a different voice. So in that, thinking through that context, what does youth ministry mean to you, being that you have youth, you have people in youth? Oh, my gosh. Well, I got two at camp right now, and so they're, uh, you know, they're having those altar times, and they're having that experience with God, something on their level, you know, something that's exciting and meaningful for them, creating those landmarks. Um, but, you know, I've, my, th- my three kids, and you know my kids, um, of course, they were eight, seven, and three when when I <laughs> moved <laughs> yeah. here. Now they're all in youth group, but um, they're still also very different. You know, right. I've got one who is my oldest, who is just he's a total like he's academia. That's all he cares about is he's he's looking for that scholarship. He's trying, right. you know, and so he's and he's very intellectual, you know, and so but he enjoys coming and right. he likes being in the presence of God and he likes participating and playing the guitar and stuff like that, and so. So he's been reached. I've got a daughter who is athletic and loves to dance and right. is more of a free spirit. Her name's Liberty, so we kind of <laughs> did that to ourselves. Um, and so, you know, and she's finding her place. Right. She's growing in the Lord, and she has a relationship with God. My youngest is in that place of, like, I don't know who I am. Right. What What am I other than playing Fortnite and Minecraft? Right. right. So he's, and he's just entered into the youth group. You know, he'll be 13 here in, just like, a month or two. Right. And so... But he's been embraced, and some of the older, you know, like yeah. it really has created a, a, an environment um, to to help them discover who they are, right. and, and it's I couldn't ask for anything better. And of course, you know, the guy that we have doing youth ministry here is doing a phenomenal job, just right. um, helping to incorporate all of them and helping them grow. Right, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's 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 a unique view because it's not just you're not just the lead pastor here, you. Your kids are in the ministry, <laughs> the youth ministry that, you know, that you guys get to have. And um, I tell you, man, um, I think for me, you know, something we've talked about in the past is is that partnership with parents, you know. And I think, um, you know, them understanding and of, of how important it is and, and how important it is that we, you know, we uh, invest and equip their kids and invest and equip their parents to, to make this grow. You know, I think... I think uh, I think you're living that of how important it is. You know, it's one thing to go, yeah, it's really cool, but then when your kids get in it, the pizza parties aren't all they need. You know, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. So I know you say that from a real, like a real sitting there and watching your kids grow and and learn who they are, that, that, that's what it means to you. For sure. And the community element of, you know, doing the pizza parties and the competitions and all that stuff, that, that just sets the tone. Right. It gives them a place where they can belong. Right. And then, but once they're in that place where they can belong and they, they, they enjoy being in that environment, that's when, you know, you you hit them with, with the gospel, you hit them with the presence of the Lord, you hit them with, um, you know, identity and significance, and and that's that's where the real work's done. Right. I, I like that you say that too. I think I don't know if we've mentioned it here before, but I've heard it said is kids just want a place to belong before they have to behave or believe in whatever they're being told. Yeah. And if they can feel like they belong somewhere, those other two are a lot easier to come about. So I, I agree. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so so let's talk about that. You say you got you get, your youth pastor's doing a great job. I've met him. He's awesome. Uh, you guys did incredible with the um, the speed, the light, uh, raising the money. I remember seeing that, and I just cheered. Everybody thought I was crazy because I'm part of a different <laughs> church in the same area. But um, so let's let's talk about the ideal youth pastor, right? So he's doing he's doing good, right? But let's say, what is your ideal youth pastor? What's the personality like? What kind of giftings do they have? Oh, or are they the stereotypical? <laughs> doesn't turn in expense reports or receipts or you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff you can teach. But, <laughs> you know, I think. A, I mean, number one, you know, they've got to be creative. You know, you, you've, you're competing with everything else the world is throwing at you. So there's got to be an element of creativity there and right. a youthfulness. You know, they've got to be able to relate, identify with. But that doesn't necessarily mean young. You know, right. I've got a, my youth pastor when I was, well, he was, I was, I got saved at 22. When I came back to my home church, he was the youth pastor, but we became friends, right? right. He's still in youth ministry 20 right. years later. Right. You know, 22 years later, he's still in youth ministry, but he's so youthful, man. He can connect. He knows how to relate. He knows how to like build those bridges, you know, and, and, and gather you right. know, through being re- relational. And that's an extremely important aspect. You know, you cannot, you can't be a, a successful youth pastor if you just come in, punch the clock, do your thing, hold your service, go home and crash. Yeah. You know, you've got to be relational. That's right. got to be a driving force of who you are. Um, but you know, I think the most important aspect of it is that you're not just friendly, you're not just cool, you're not just someone they like. Right. There's got to be that fatherly element. Right. That's there. You know, I think about our youth group, and we're you know we're in a city here, and uh, and our church is situated in a more of a lower income kind of an area, which you know that with that comes a lot of issues in the home, and uh, and so more than half of our students don't even come to our church because their parents. They don't come to church, right. you know. That we're they're not they're not coming as a family unit, you know. Right. And so we're the first ones, kind of, you know, giving them Jesus. Right. And a lot of them don't have dads, or at least good examples of dads. Right. And um, and so you need that that mentor type, that one that's yeah can have a good time with you, can can have fun and and goof around and and make make the your um your time together enjoyable. But at the end of the day, when when you speak. Are they listening? Right. They, do your words carry weight? Right. And that's going to come. You, you've got to have a. You've got to have a, a an internal, uh, a, a real calling and a gifting in being that fatherly. Type, right. You know, and um, and that you know that takes time to, to develop that for sure. Right. But um, but ultimately that's that's what we're doing, right? We're we're trying to plant those seeds we talked about. Right. Well, your seeds get planted through the example that you set. Your seeds get planted through the the sermons that you preach. Right. Your seeds get planted through that one-on-one time where it's, you pull someone aside and say, hey, 
Let's right. talk about this. Right. <laughs> let me let me encourage you with something. Right. Let me share this scripture with you. And it's like, this is where the rubber meets the road. That's the real growth. And then right. after you plant that seed, you know, now let's go have pizza. Right. <laughs> pizza party. Yeah. <laughs> Youth pastor's house. We're playing video games. Um, I like what you said. Um, you know, obviously creativity is good and then being relational and youthful. And I agree with that. I don't think you have to be young because obviously you know who my youth pastor was. I mean, he's decrepit. Um, <laughs> and hopefully he hears this so he knows. But, I mean, he just got out of youth ministry. He'd been in it for, you know, 20 years. Right. And was 50-something when he got out, you know. Um, and he probably, he's still youthful. But, uh, and his impact was, I, I think we go back to what you said as being that father role, is when he spoke, his words carried weight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it wasn't in a weird sense. It was just in a, like, I care about you enough to tell you these hard things. Yeah. I think he used to say all the time, and I think it's from Jenny Mayo, is, um, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So I think it goes back to what you said in that relational aspect is, and it's, and you know, some, some people say it's a cop out, but it really is the the foundation to being effective is, do I know you? Like, do we have that relationship? Because if I know you, I can say some things that I can't say to people I don't know. Right. I've got a girl in my youth ministry right now who just because we have that relationship, I can speak things in her life that some people, if they heard on the outside would go, what did he just say to her? Oh my gosh! Yeah. He just he just chewed her up and down, and she's completely okay with it. And, and not to be mean, but it's one of those you know I love you too much to let you stay where you are. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the relationship side because I think, and I've seen it on uh, listings for youth pastor jobs. So I get uh, updates like from church staffing and from my old school on youth pastor jobs, and almost sixty five percent of them. I think I calculated like 10, it was like six of them or something, all have this idea that we want somebody called to youth ministry and they use the words, but not as a stepping stone to something bigger, right? <laughs> so let's talk about that because there's <laughs> expectations in that. And um, and it comes in, you know, obviously we're talking about expectations and we're talking about, you know, what you, what you th- think of as a win and, you know, what we think of as the job title. So we're going to go down the route. Let's talk about the expectations on the job. Okay. So we're seeing that expectation is we don't want you unless this is what you're called to forever. But let's be honest, season's in. So I don't know if any, anybody's called to anything forever. Right. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's, let's go down that road on the relational side of it. And let's talk about, um, let's, we'll start there and then we'll move into that. I want to move into that phrase, but so starting with the expectations and being relational and what that entails and what that requires, you said you can't punch in, you can't punch out. You have to be relational. You know, that sometimes that means we're not in the office. Sometimes that means the youth pastor is uh, spending more time, you know, at schools, at lunches, at games, you know, and maybe don't come nine to five. Um, as it, you know, obviously you're a senior leader and I'm sure your youth pastor does things like that. Um, is that a, I mean, is that a feasible expectation for them to be in the office a certain amount of time or would you, I mean, what, what are your thoughts in that realm? Yeah. So we have office hours, of course, right. you know, we have a prayer time in the morning. I, I want him to be there for that. Um, we have staff meetings, you know, we, he's got to do some things in the office. He has duties beyond just, right. you know, hanging out with kids and preparing messages, you know, but I'd be a fool if I, if I said, well, you, you know, your job's nine to five because school lets out at three. (laughs) Right. And so (laughs) your, your ministry to those students oftentimes is happening after five o'clock. Right. Right. You're, you're taking them here. You're, you're talking to them on the phone. You're, 
whatever it is. I mean, that's that's the reality of youth ministry. Right. And so, you know, I can tell you it it, it probably, you know, frustrates certain people that are in the office. They're like, oh, my gosh, where'd he go? But it doesn't frustrate me. Right. Because if he had to leave to go take care of something personally, I'm fine with that. Why? Because he's going to be at it with these kids tonight right. at 7 o'clock. And, right. Until 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And so when do you get a chance to mow your lawn, take your daughter to the doctor? Right. You know, um, whatever you have to do, you know. And so I'm very, very um, understanding of that. And I, <clears throat> and if he's here, guess where he's not? With the students. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Um because that is an expectation, office hours. And, you know, some in, in some realms, it's a little bit more, you know, some people don't have that kind of viewpoint of when he's not here, he's with them, right? Or at least right. that trust. Um, you know, what? how would, how would like, let's say we've got somebody listening, their pastor wants them in 9 to 5, they want them in the office. How can they go have a sit-down with their pastor and go and have that conversation of, I, I can't be here all day, I need to be out with them? Or how, how would they, how would you approach that? Yeah, so um, respectfully, <laughs> you know, your, your, your senior leader sets expectations. And so if you are trying to challenge those expectations, you're going to have to come at it with a, not from a standpoint of um, your expectations for me are wrong. So let me give you what my, your expectations of me should be. Right. Like if, if you, go, you know, you come in with a, hey, I understand what you're looking for. Here's the reality that's, that's, that's in my life right now. Like. Right. I'm coming in and I'm doing office hours, but then I'm working all night because that's when the students are available. Right. And so can we work something out so that maybe I shift my hours or I'm given, you know, some half days or something to help so that I can, yeah, I can spend time with my wife or my own kids or take care of the things that I need to take care of in my house. I can't work all day and all night. That's good. You know, and, uh, but you know, the key is the approach. Right. I I agree. I think that's I was about to say. It. I think that's the key. There is not necessarily what you say, but how you go about saying it. Yeah. Um, because that is the heart of the matter. Is we just want to be able to impact kids, you know. And I think senior leaders know that, and they want to impact kids too, or else they wouldn't have hired a youth pastor. I mean, why spend the money if you yeah. don't want to hire a youth pastor? Um, so for time's sake, I want to I want to touch on the stepping stone thing. Right, I, right. For me, that's a big. For me, as a youth pastor right now, that is a big thing because I know for a fact I'm not going to be in youth ministry my whole life. But I love kids. I love students. I love hanging out with them. I love impacting them. I love showing them the love of God and having them helping them encounter Him. I love those things. Yeah. And the season of my life right now, um, you know, it's not easier to do that. But I, I'm still relatable. I'm still there, and I feel like this is where God's calling me right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on that mindset of this? Don't be a stepping stone. We want only those called to youth ministry. All right, so you know, I think a lot of that has to do with your motivation. If you, if that's all you're interested in, and th- then you're just going to phone it in. Right. If if it truly is in your heart to be a stepping stone, right, and that's all you care about is using this to to parlay into your next assignment, then yeah, you're you're going to phone it in every day. True, there's no passion there, right? True. But let's just get honest about calling and ministry. It's a journey, right? Right. Calling is a journey, and and maybe I could just give you my own story, you right. know, as far as calling. But, yeah. you know, I, when I got saved on the side of the road on my way to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I was going to college, listening to the Brownsville Revival CD, right? Nice. I get saved um, and have an encounter with God and feel called into uh, ministry at that moment. Right. Worship. I was a musician, right? Played all these instruments, loved to sing. And I'm like, hey, I want to do that. That's just what impacted my life. Right. And it was very real. Right. And I knew it and it began to 
to grow in me, right? So I find myself two years later on staff at a church, and I'm and I'm a worship leader, right? Right? I'm fulfilling the calling that God gave me. Um, little did I know that when you know it was a church plant, right? So we when we finally moved to Sundays, we needed a children's pastor. I was the only other staff person. So guess what? I became the children's pastor. I never thought about that, but the Lord placed it in front of me. Right. And so I did that. All right. So I, I come here and I'm, I'm still very much worship is my thing. Right. right. This is what God's called me to. But I'm starting to develop relationships differently with people, you know, and, and I'm, I'm starting to speak into people's lives more. And I'm right. starting to take on this like shepherding heart and right. fatherly heart. And you remember like some of the conversations we would have when I first right. got here. It wasn't like your typical worship pastor, right? right? Who's just—it's all fun and games and music, right? <laughs> right? It became mentoring. It right. became shepherding, mm-hmm. right? And so I began to, through having, you know, just time in prayer, having different mentors speaking into me, calling out the gifting that was in me, and right. having me start to realize what God was doing. Right. And then I started to feel that tug to be a pastor. Right. Okay. So when it came time for me to be a pastor, I already knew that the Lord was saying, "That's your—that's your next step." Right. That's what I've been grooming you for for these last, you know, 15 years right. that you've been in ministry or 16 years, right? And so, um, no, I, did I get into worship ministry as a stepping stone to become a pastor? No. Absolutely not. I just followed the call of God in my life. That's good. And there was a journey there. But here's the key. Hmm. Being available. Right. Lord, whatever you want. Right. And he'll, he'll put something in your heart and you'll go after it 100% with all your heart. Right. Yeah. Faithfulness. That wherever he has you in that moment, you're you're doing it with all. That's why you can't go into a thing thinking that it is a stepping stone. Right, that's going to get me in the next. Because you'll never be faithful, right? right? And then don't move until God says. Good. When God speaks, now it's time. Right. <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I I like I like the way you put it. It's it's if if you view it as a step, and that might be where they're coming from. Is this is don't view this as a stepping stone. Um, yeah, because I, I think about my own life. You know, like even in the role I'm in outside of church is I come from a sales management position. I got this one with the hopes of using it to get me back into sales management. So I know I could put more effort here, but I'm not going to I'm put what I need to get, right. <laughs> get back to this one. I can, I can see that. No, that makes more sense. Um, but I like what you said about you have to be available because, you know, and, and I think, I think this is the key for us in, in youth ministry is, is we're, I don't, I, I want, and I wouldn't say it, some people would disagree. I don't think people are called to student pastoring. I think we're called to pastor. And right now, we have a heart and a desire and an opportunity to pastor students. That's what we're doing. It's kind of like you said, is you felt called to ministry, so you, and you have passionate and you had passion in worship. And then you replaced the opportunity to be a children's pastor. So you took that pastorship calling and you applied it to the opportunity put in front of you. And then you did it again when you got here. And you were doing it long before you became, you know, the lead pastor. Because I remember countless conversations I had yeah. that you're going, yeah, he's not just a worship pastor. You know, he's he's mentoring and pastoring us. You know, um, I even I even uh, when you know when Pastor Steve left here, when the, my youth pastor left our church here, uh, you took me under your your wing. And if you had not, I probably would have followed and dipped out, just like countless of the other youth yeah. did yeah. when he left. So I, I, I agree with that. Um, so let's wrap it up here. Um, cause I think it's been really good, but I, I want to know as a, as a lead pastor, um, as a senior leader in a church with youth ministry, with people under you, 
what are some words of encouragement that you would give to the youth leaders and the youth pastors on this this podcast um, in regards to having a senior leader, knowing those expectations and, and what that, you know, from a senior pastor to a youth pastor, what would yeah. you say to encourage them? So if, you're, if your pastor truly is a pastor and has a shepherding heart, he's more interested in the people than he is the ministry. Right. So your role, your goal should not be to build a ministry. Your goal should be to build people, hmm. right? Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. And it's the, same, it's the same thing in my role as a lead pastor. I can't be thinking, I'm trying to grow a church. I'm trying to grow people. I grow people, they'll grow the church. That'll just happen, right? And so that's got to be the focus. Because if the focus is only fun and games and pizza parties, then you're not really growing people. You're growing a ministry. You're, right. you're creating momentum around you. People are having fun. It's growing, it's growing. You're chalking up the numbers, right? Um, but let me just, you know, your role is not insignificant. You know, some people do see youth ministry as a stepping stone. Some people see it that way. Like your role is in, in many ways much more significant than other roles because of the, the tender um, age of students, right. the, um, the opportunities, like they're at the crossroads in that moment. They're at the crossroads, right? right? They're either going to go one way or the other and you're the one helping them get them on the right way right. and preparing them to be productive members of a, of a church at large, right. right? And to grow their families and to teach their families. Um, be loyal, right? Just be loyal. Mm-hmm. Have your pastors back, you know, and always just re- remain faithful to what, you know, because you have to have trust, right? Right. You're, as you're relating to your pastor, um, if he doesn't trust you, you're never going to get anywhere. Right. Right. But if he can trust you and he knows that you're doing, you know, what you need to be doing and, and pouring into students and, um, then your your job's going to be a lot easier. You're going right. to have a lot more fulfillment and enjoyment That's in good. that. But let me say this: connect the students to the church at large. Like that that is like such an important, important, important part of youth ministries that you're not creating a a sub church within the church. Right. Right. Um, your success is not how big your meetings were. Right. Right. Your success is. Do these kids still serve the Lord when they're adults? Right. Right? You may never see them. <clears throat> right. But that's your success. So you're building a bridge for them to be able to connect to an adult church setting. Right. And, that you know, for, for us here, that's why, I mean, I've got every every last Sunday of the month, I've got the youth worship team joining with our worship team that's up awesome. here. Right? We've got every time we can, it's like, get a kid up there. They did fine arts, great. For, for the next eight weeks, they're going to showcase their fine arts on Sunday morning, right? I'm, I'm connecting them. They're, they're a part of the ministries right. of the church itself, right? And and our youth pastor does a great, great job in, you know, because these kids are coming on Sunday morning. Even though right. they don't come to, their parents don't come to church, and they're, right. but they're still coming on Sunday morning. They're being connected to the larger church. That's good. That's where you're going to find your success. if Because if, when you connect them to the church, now they have an opportunity to continue growing. Right. Or when they hit 18, graduate high school. And there's no there's no, there's no longer a place for them in student ministry, right? They drop away, and then the world's got them, right? And um, yeah. if they're connected to the church as a whole, they already know what it feels like to serve mm. and do all the things. They're looking forward to it, right? Because they've been doing it already. <laughs> yeah. Now they get to do it as an adult. Yeah, that's awesome. Have responsibility, Gosh, have yeah. leadership. You know, yeah, I think that's good. I think that's what we need to hear is have his back, have the lead pastors back, and equip our students to be able to do this and serve and have purpose within the whole church 
after they've turned 18 and left yeah. our ministry. That's true. I think that's a success. I agree. Well, that's good, man. I'm so happy you're here. This is awesome. Yeah, um, it's been fun, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Pastor John, for your advice, your wisdom, uh, your experiences. Uh, we really appreciate it. I believe that uh, uh, we're all going to be better because now we can either have clear expectations or at least have the ability to go get some in some conversations with our senior leaders. Uh, super excited about it. Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode. The uh, just, I don't know. I, I think we need to break down these barriers of, you know, we, we need to talk to our senior leadership. We need to be open and honest with them. Um, and that was one of the things that David had mentioned too, is being open and honest uh, with, with your senior leader. Uh, it's important. And I, I think, uh, I think just the whole, that whole mindset of being open and honest, um, just, just, have clear conversation with your, with your senior leaders. So I'm glad we were able to bring this episode to you guys. Uh, look out for episode 10 launching the, Oh, wow. I don't even know when it's launching now. It's launched in the middle of uh, July, third week of July, third Tuesday yep. of July. So be on the lookout. We are going to, we are going to bring a good episode for you. I'm excited for the, uh, the next Ooh. episode, episode 10. Um, Graham, thank you so much for bringing this episode to us, bringing this idea. I thank absolutely you. loved the conversation that we got to have uh, with these senior pastors. Me too, man. It was awesome fun. I uh, hope it helps you guys out there in the listening realm. Yes. And be sure, all of you listening, to go check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YM underscore United. We also, the, the Youth Ministry Podcast Network also has a uh, in Instagram and Twitter, uh, which is, I believe, let me double check real quick so I don't mess it up. Uh, there is an Instagram and Twitter, which is the Youth Ministry, I think, PN. Yes, Youth Ministry PN, Youth Ministry Podcast Network. Check it out. You won't regret it. Thank you for listening. If this, if this podcast benefits you or any of the other ones do, feel free to share it, uh, subscribe, yes. uh, however yes. you want to do it, wherever you listen. Uh, we would love to uh, love, love, love to be on your subscription list and would love to help out as many youth ministries or youth workers in your, uh, in your in sphere of influence that maybe we don't know about. So like and share. Yes, absolutely. Check us out. Episode 10, July 16th. See you later.